1025 It's time to talk football It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers cruise to a 4-0 win over Motherwell But Stephen Gerrard's left with an anxious wait over Jermaine Defoe Peter Brassi Celtic were interested in striker Ivan Tony As he looks set for a move elsewhere And Aberdeen announced wage cuts to further plug their funding gap I'm Andrew McLean Joining me in the studio tonight is Roger Hanna and Just nine days to go Andrew until the big Premiership kick-off There's good news and bad news The good news for Celtic They're home from France No major injury problems ahead of the big kick-off the bad news, still no new goalkeeper either to replace Fraser Foster and Craig Gordon. Good news for Rangers, three wins, three clean sheets. The bad news, as you say, another hamstring injury for Jermaine Defoe leaving. Alfredo Morelos is the only frontline striker in the squad ahead of Petaudry. Where the real bad news is £1 million of pay cuts for Derek McInnes, his players and the Aberdeen staff. Worrying times. Well that's what Roger thinks We want to hear what you think as well 01419511025 on the phones Or you can send us a tweet At Clyde SSB Rangers fans I'm sure you've got plenty to say After that win last night Motherwell fans What did you make of your team as well And fans of any other team Whatever you want to talk about 01419511025 But we all start with that game last night Because Rangers ran out 4-0 winners at Ibrooks Against Motherwell Goals from Ryan Kent Yanis Hadji Joe Aribo And an own goal from Ricky Lamy Did the job for Stephen Gerrard's men The game obviously was delayed by a couple of hours Roger But once they finally got on the pitch A, a good few promising signs I'm sure Stephen Gerrard will have seen from his players Yeah, absolutely No consideration for journalists That want an early night covering that game Andrew Um Rangers played well they, they picked on where they left off In the games against Leon and Nice There'll be a lot of encouraging things there For Stephen Gerrard um, It looks as if John McLaughlin Settled quite well How much he'll be able to challenge Alan McGregor remains to be seen um, Ryan Kent and Yanis Hadji Who are going to be two crucial players for Rangers If they're going to mount a title challenge In, in the new Premiership campaign Look to be in decent form And, and the makeup of that three-man midfield Will be fascinating Because you do get the impression that if Ryan Jack is, is nailed on to start, maybe Glenn Kamara and Joe Aribo are beginning to push hard, maybe even push ahead of Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield. Yeah, they set their stall out really early, didn't they? Two goals in the, the opening few minutes. As you said, Yanis Hadji, Ryan Kent scoring the goals in that one. And Motherwell, just, especially early on, just couldn't cope with Rangers. Yeah, listen, Motherwell, as Stephen Robinson said after the game, Andrew, they are building up themselves for their own kick-off at, at Ross County a week on Monday. And they're probably slightly behind Rangers in terms of fitness, slightly behind Rangers in terms of readiness. They two are trying to bed in a few new players. You know, Ricky Lemay was there coming from Livingston. Nathan McGinley's come into the team. Um, a couple of new players and you know Jordan White's come up in the championship at Inverness so they're bedding them in they're trying to bed David Turnbull back in after his latest operation so Mother will have their own set of priorities for the new season they won't be judged particularly not by Stephen Robinson on what happened last night um, I, I don't think Mother will have anything to worry about in the new season Andrew and in terms of the word friendly match I think uh, was used a bit lightly in that Respect, there was a, a few meaty challenges It looked quite well, competitive in its nature as it, well it, it's, a very, listen, it's an unusual, unprecedented year we've had in Scottish football So the close season is going to be no different For the first time ever, Premiership clubs are having to play other Premiership clubs And there are rivalries, there are things that carry on from previous seasons There'll be people wanting to put down a marker for this season So I, I wouldn't be too surprised if there were some meaty challenges There's going to be more of these all Premiership games at the weekend, I think 
Comanlet go up to Dundee United St Johnson Play St Mirren and Paisley Motherwell and Hamilton Meet at Fir Park uh, It's Aberdeen and Hibs Up at Vitaudry So ex- expect more of the same In this last match of friendlies Before the proper stuff kicks off Stephen Gerrard saying After the match That the one negative He took from it Was the fact that Jermaine Defoe Was forced off injured He thinks it's got to be A hamstring injury With a week and a half to go Of the season We don't know the diagnosis Of it yet yeah. But that could be a big and, Issue for Rangers And, and it's interesting the, the way problems Sometimes mount up In the same position You know if you we touched on the Celtic goalkeeping thing at the top of the show Not only is Fraser Foster gone Craig Gordon's gone as well They're left with one senior goalkeeper in Scott Bain And for Rangers you know, Florian Camberry has gone back to Hibernian After his loan spell uh, And Stephen Gerrard has always been quite light In terms of number of strikers He's gone for quality rather than quantity And of course now Jermaine Defoe Hamstring injury just 9 or 10 days before the season kicks off Morelos is the only striker left And Stephen Jenner admitted last night after the game This might force him into the transfer market Earlier than he was hoping to go 01419511025 That's the number Craig, a Rangers fan in Cumbernauld is dialed Craig? Hi, good evening James, how are you doing? Hi Craig um, You know, for, let's start a positive note first um, I didn't get into what my requirements really um, Positive is we've been playing brilliantly throughout that the pre-season games, three games, three clean sheets, except, um, in all fairness, that uh, two of those games have been against Motherwell and Hamilton, who are two teams we should be beating. However, there was a 2-0 victory against Nice, which was a very good result to get as well. Um, and I think, you know, in that respect, on the field, the way we've been playing has been positive. I want to get a mention to Joe Rebo because I thought he was excellent um, against Motherwell. Um, obviously, making his return, which is always positive because we need players like that. Um, to, to really step up to the plate this season. Um, but the problem for me is, you know, Defoe getting injured, it's not, you know, it's not ideal and it's not a great surprise to me that somebody of his age, there's always a risk he could get injured. Um, and he certainly wasn't going to be playing every game of the season anyway. So Steven Gerrard, for me, was always going to need to buy a third striker. The fact that he's saying, oh, well, this might force us into it, it shouldn't have to be. You know, you need, if you're going to, if you're going to challenge Celtic, and actually try and take the title from them and stop 10 in a row, which not many people are giving Rangers that big of a chance to do, because I think there's an expectation now that because of what's happened over the last two seasons, that even if Rangers start well like they did last season, there'll come a period where they'll just collapse again. Um, and if you want to avoid that, part of doing that means you have to have depth in the important areas like Celtic do. Celtic have options when it comes to attacking, uh, certainly more than what we do, and I think to not have a third striker, particularly when one of your strikers and Alfredo Morelos has shown over the last couple of years he is you know, a liability at times and could potentially get suspended or injured himself, more likely suspended, and your other striker, you know, is moving into his late thirties in the latter stages of his career, so obviously it isn't going to be at the level where you could rely on him in every game either. I just don't understand why it's taken this for Gerard to actually Feel the need to go and get a striker It's maybe even down Craig to circumstances Again this is a strange summer Because the English leagues You know the championship in England only finished Last night there's still playoffs to come Premiership in England has still to finish Um, A lot of transfers The transfer window has been delayed from the 31st of August To the 5th of October I, I think a lot of managers were waiting To see how things shook down elsewhere, what players became available. I know Rianne Brewster at Liverpool is one that, that Rangers have watched. He's still out on loan 
at Swansea City from last season and has now got playoffs ahead. So, you know, if Swansea get to an English playoff final, don't think it's just something like the 4th of August. So, you know, he would still be at that club then. So if, and I'm only saying if, Rianne Brewster was a Rangers target, he doesn't become available until well into August. So that would maybe explain why Stephen Gerrard wasn't moving. Um... Lyndon Dykes, Florian Camberry are two that have been mentioned, two that perhaps deals could have been done for, but maybe they're just on, on a list, but further down a list, you know, and there are other guys that Stephen Jenner would like to prioritise. So you, you tend, in years gone by, you, you remember yourself, what's transfer deadline like? You know, Jim White and his yellow tie, and yeah. all, you know, so many deals go through in that last day on the 31st of August, and we, all, we always shake our heads and wonder why managers wait right to the end. You, you might find that there are clubs still doing these this kind of deal on the 5th of October this year just because everything's been shunted back so much. Craig, are there? Uh, yeah, sorry, like, sorry, no, just I would, uh, you know, I, I, I can see what Roger's saying, and I think um, I get that it's just as a concern because what happens if when they go out next week, Alfredo Morelos gets injured and the foe's going to be out long term, who's he going to start? Um, there's another quick side point I wanted to make as well with the, the, the Premier League starting back. I'm delighted that we're bringing Scottish football back, but what is baffling me is when the Premier League made its return down in England, a deal was struck between the Premier League and Sky that meant because fans weren't able to go to the grounds, Sky have showed quite a significant and select number of games for free on their pick television service. Why on earth isn't the Scottish Premier League trying to do that? Because the only people you know you get it if you've got Sky or if you've got, I think, season thing older or whatever for the actual like Rangers TV or whatever but the fact that you know we're still in a situation where fans aren't allowed to get into the stadium and there seems to be no real um, intent for the SPL to get any games free to air for fans like the Premier League done down south which was a very positive thing to do and it showed how much they valued their fans and I think it shows how much the SPL clearly don't value their fans that they don't seem to have an intent to do that uh, I don't know what Roger makes of that it's just a frustration that it has yeah, I always find it difficult to compare the English Premier League to the Scottish Premiership, particularly when it comes to broadcasting deals. Um, I think there was involvement by the government in the English Premier League when you know this project restart, as they called it, down the road, got the nod. Um, I think Sky were actively encouraged to make some of these games available. First time ever the BBC had some English Premier League games. First time since... You know, in the Premier League came to pass in 1992. Um, up here, I think there are different pressures, different financial pressures being put on the league and put on clubs. And I think that's why this virtual season ticket idea has has gathered a bit of steam. If you're a you're obviously a Rangers fan, but you know, if you're a Hamilton Lackeys fan, a Kilmarnock fan, a St Mirren fan, a Celtic fan, um, you buy your season ticket and you get a code to watch all the home games. On your PC, on your iPad, until such times as you're allowed back in to your home stadium. That was the way the clubs wanted to do it. They got permission from Sky, who have Sky pumping in about 125 million pounds into Scottish football over the next five years. So, I think the SPFL are keen not to do anything that would cut across that and maybe take away a bit of the the worth from that deal, if you know what I mean. But you still find ways if you want. It's going to cost money. To see the games, but I don't think there's I don't think there's any desire among the the hierarchy for free to air stuff from Scotland. But there should have, no, exactly. But that's the problem. Though. I think I can understand if they're saying you know big games like Rangers or Celtic or, or you know 
when, when they are playing any kind of games. But I mean, how many small games don't get broadcast anyway? And I'm, you know, I'm just talking, you know, obviously as a Rangers fan, I like to see Rangers games, but even as a general football fan, and there's plenty of neutrals out there as well, there is swathes of games over a course of a season that do not get broadcast that the SPFL could surely negotiate to broadcast. They're able to negotiate um, to broadcast in the BBC some championship games throughout the season. This is a unique situation, and I don't see why on a temporary basis, if you've got, I don't know if I'm talking sake, say you've got a Kilmarnock against... Dundee United that's a game that may or may not be broadcast sometimes they are sometimes they're not if that's not going to be broadcast it's not scheduled in the Sky Sports schedule then why can't the SPL look at that themselves and go right some of the games that aren't scheduled to be broadcast we can look to give fans and neutral fans and fans of those clubs you know a couple of games over the, the, the brief period of time where they're not able to actually attend games to do it just as a sign to show that they actually value fans because I don't think the SPL shows fans that they're valued often enough in this country and I get there was government interference down south but again then that, I suppose that comes down to whether the Scottish government would be willing to also interfere on that it's just that there are games plenty of them that don't get broadcast so I don't see why you couldn't do something about those games especially given that I don't think BT are going to be broadcasting any games this no. season so you're going to have more selection Listen, it's a decent point you make. Playing devil's advocate, if you're looking at, you mentioned Kilmarnock v Dundee United, if that was to go free to air, could Kilmarnock argue fewer people might purchase one of their virtual season tickets? I mean, these virtual season tickets, they're only going to be in place until fans get back into grounds anyway. Um, the clubs are desperate for revenue at the minute. Every virtual season ticket is sold by, by a club is valuable to them. And maybe they feel if games are going out free to air, fewer fans... Will will dive in and, and you know pay pay their money for their virtual season ticket. Craig, yeah, well, uh, yeah, no, absolutely, and um, I can see that point. Um, it's just I think <clears throat> we we often struggle here, and I get you, you know you don't want to make comparisons to the English family. I just think sometimes we struggle here when we see stuff that happens down south and their ability to do what they've done, which has been incredible. I, I do think sometimes in the, in this country we're not always looking to see what's in the fans' best interest. And the clubs, absolutely, with the virtual season tickets, I can see why they'd have an issue. But then I would also imagine some of the, the smaller clubs that don't get enough broadcasting in this country would probably be happy to get more exposure by having a game broadcast. Because there's a number, you know, a couple of the smaller clubs like a Hamilton or a Livingston or a, um, you know, a St Mirren or even a St Johnston don't get broadcast an awful lot in a season. And yes, some of the virtual season tickets may not that may be a problem, but surely would they not also appreciate having a bit more exposure mainstream by having a couple of games a season broadcast in the same way that a lot of the championship teams are starting to get more exposure now as a league because of BBC Scotland's broadcasting nights with certain games in that league. Well, listen, it's an interesting point you make, but um, I don't know whether Andrew would agree with me. As a newspaper man and a, a radio man, sometimes I wonder whether clubs want exposure or not. Um you know, I quite understand the point you make. It'd be great clubs would want exposure. I don't think they do a lot of them. I think they're quite happy to plod along. They have limited ambitions along that way. They don't throw themselves open to coverage in TV, coverage in radio, coverage in the newspapers the way you and I probably think they should. And maybe if they did that a little bit more, they might sell more season tickets, virtual or otherwise, and they might get more people through the turnstiles. 
I do remember an interesting point that someone had made, Roger, about the the sheer amount of English Premier League games that had been on down south. And I think the the tweet said something along the lines of what we've learned over the past few weeks is the English Premier League is a a lot more admirable uh, when there's a lot less games on TV. It's a lot better when you're actually not seeing every single game. Yeah, absolutely. I think there definitely is an argument for that. Um, I don't think you could ever have... A time, you know, other than a COVID-19 lockdown situation like this Where you had every single game on live I don't think there's the appetite for it You know, when people get back to normal touch would we do Get their lives back to some normality um, I look forward to going back to proper football Couple of live games on a Sunday Big card on a Saturday Super scoreboard 12-6 to 6, And hopefully Gordon Dale at Pataudry in the first day of the season There we go, he'll be absolutely loving that journey up at 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm sure he will Absolutely, and he'll probably get you to drive, Andrew Oh yes, well actually I'd, I, he'll need to drive himself actually to do with social distancing rules Oh so, um, of course, yeah There we go, so oh, yeah. uh, good luck, I'm, I'm sure you're looking forward to that one Gordon, I'm sure you're listening tonight as well But thank you very much to Craig in Cumbernauld 01419511025 if you want to get involved We could be speaking to you after the travel with Aaron you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Roger Hanna here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. There was a, a story today, Roger, that uh, caught my eye just before I came on air. Birmingham City, they've sold uh, Jude Bellingham, their youngster, to Borussia Dortmund. That happened a few days ago. 44 games he's played for the club's. Uh, for the club this season Four goals And they've retired his shirt number At the age of 17 Yeah um, A bit bizarre Not quite as bizarre as the welcome video From his new Borussia Dortmund oh, teammates I saw on social media Where they all sang Hey Jude to him So um, Strange times we live in Andrew Very strange 01419511025 If there's anything Scottish football related You want to get into Another story From today Was regarding uh, Peterborough And their striker Ivan Tony Because uh, Peterborough director of football Barry Fry confirmed today that he informed Celtic that Ivan Tony could be on the move to a different club Fry says Celtic had asked to be kept informed about the striker but it looks as if he'll be going elsewhere I think there's been a, a long term link between uh, Ivan Tony and Celtic I've, I've heard that a few times but it certainly looks as if Celtic are in the market for a striker yeah, they've been linked with a, a boy from West Ham as well Albion Ajeti yeah and Gavin Stracker the new first team coach will know Tony he worked with him at Peterborough he was a top scorer I think in, in the English League 1 last season um, an up and coming talent um, There will be lots and lots of clubs Down south With lots and lots of money Andrew Looking at strikers like Ivan Tony, and, and the unfortunate truth for Celtic and Rangers As well as the other Scottish clubs is We can't compete with some of the money that swells around there um, A player like Ivan Tony, Who is playing at the third tier of English football Could well go for Certainly upwards of five, six million pounds this summer and would you really, you know, are the club in the middle of a COVID-19 cash crisis? Is anyone in Scotland able or willing to spend that kind of money? It's interesting as well, because that will be an added distraction, frustration for Neil Lennon, because maybe he, he wasn't looking to add in that position. All of a sudden, well, Lee Griffiths has come yeah. back. He, he's not up to fitness. And now that is an area that they may have to go out and spend money. Yeah, and, and, and Patrick Clamalla, I think, scored against Nice last week. Looks okay to a degree, but nothing like what... Odson Edward and Lee Griffiths were producing post-New Year last year. Um, Vakunisov Bio, when fit, hasn't looked Celtic quality. So if Griffiths is out of the picture, and it looks as if Griffiths is out of the picture, Andrew, 
then I would think Celtic would need at least one more striker, especially if Neil Lennon w- wants to try again with the three-five-two that served them so well in the second half of last season. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you want to get involved, Ian is a Celtic fan in Greenock. Ian, what are your thoughts tonight? Ah, good evening, Andrew. Good evening, Roger. Ah, yeah. Hope you guys are keeping safe and uh, we're all fighting this together so well. And it's great. I take you back in the studio, Roger. Uh, back in the studio. Yes, delighted to be back. Can't wait to you now. You and the play man get back together, Gene Gordon. <laughs> Not long to wait, five days. Five days, he's, he's, he's taking a few... That's his nickname, by the way. That's his nickname, Gordon. Uh-huh. Uh, Roger, the play man, because he's, he's calling me Mark Mushroom. You know what I mean? So well, I gave him I he, gave him the play man. He, but anyway, he, guys... He wanted to swap shifts this week. That's, what, that's why he did Tuesday and I did Thursday, because we're back together on Tuesday and he wanted seven full days to swat up, do, do all his homework for the new season. He's coming back with a bang. Knowledge is balmy, tell me. Why, man, isn't he, Roger? He's, he's all of that. Aye, because I was wanting to wind him up anyway about uh, Liverpool winning the league after 30 years because he knows I'm a big Liverpool fan. But anyway, pre season, um, as I say, Rangers played well pre season last year. Never done nothing. Uh, I don't think we, we'll get into fear. But if you look at the two teams, Roger, same yourself, Andrew. The two teams that Leon played and Nice played against Rangers were two reserve teams. The two teams that played against Celtic were full strength teams. Now, I think Dembele came on in the last 10 minutes against Rangers, but they played a full team against us, and it was the boys for 61 minutes, Roger. I don't know if you watched the game. I saw the game, yeah. Leon. Yeah. Yeah, you've always seen the games, Roger. Now, the young boys done well for 61 minutes and then it was a, a straight 10 that come on. But El Yanusi scored to make it 2-1. And it doesn't look as if he was only away for a couple of weeks. All right, with a couple of injuries with the boy last year. But he looks a player, Roger, El Yanusi. Well, you, you, you go back to that League Cup semi-final against Hibs at Hamden in the back end of last year. I think he scored a couple of goals. He's probably man of the match. He, he is a £16 million player, you have to remember. When, when Southampton brought him from Basel, that is what they paid for him. So, you know, Norwegian international, very good pedigree. He's a good age. I think, what is he now, 27 maybe, Ian? I, I think... 28, I think he is. 20, is it? Well, I, I think he could have a role. If he stays fit... I think he could have a role to play. Be interesting to see. We spoke there about whether Celtic go three five two, whether Celtic go four two, three one. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a versatile player. If you go four two three one, you can see him on the left hand side, Christie in the middle, Forrest on the right hand side. But I'm not going to get into any debates about Leon or about Nice or about no. the quality of the teams because come half past twelve a week on Saturday, when Andrew and the Pie Man are at Pitodry, <laughs> yeah, and he's having his man. first pie of the season. <laughs> None of that will matter. The proper yeah. stuff starts a week in Saturday and the quality of opposition in France, the performance by Rangers against Motherwell last night, the performance of Celtic in any of the games, it's all forgotten. Doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah. matter. The proper stuff starts a week in Saturday. Yeah. Hi, Andrew. Uh, what I was going to say about players to come in, Andrew, mm-hmm. um, uh, Roger as well. Now, I heard Roger saying at the top of the, top of the show when you just come on here, a goalkeeper is a priority, Roger. A goalkeeper, Andrew, is a priority. I think we need another centre back because somebody said one of you said the transfer window is open till about sixth of October. Yeah, fifth of October, yeah. Yeah. So anything can happen right up to the, the last minute. We've seen it 
in Scottish football before players going away to last both both sides of the old firm players going away to last minute uh, so I think Celtic need a goalkeeper Roger yeah. another centre back yeah. possibly possibly a left back which I think El Hamid could play along the, the, the back he can play left right and centre back Roger can't he Never seen him at left back. I've, I've, I quite like El Hamid. He was another a bit like El Yunusi. He was hit, hit hard by injuries last season. Yes, so, so he could maybe if there is no other centre back coming in, he could play as a third centre back. As could Beaton. I know he didn't cover himself in glory against PSG the other night, but they, yeah. they, they would be options. I'll throw one back at you though. This transfer window, as we say, is going to go on until the fifth of October. If, if you could be guaranteed getting Fraser Foster either on loan or permanently. On the night of the 5th of October Would you go with Scott Bain until then? No No And I'm not being I'm not being uh, Negative to the boy I just don't think With the European games coming up Roger Because it's one-off games Yep So You're going to You're going to meet a champion In a country So That champion in that country I'm not going to. Main, I'm not going to say it's a bad league. They're no. They're, they're no champions for nothing. So you're going up in a one-off game, and that one-off game could be in Slovenia, could be in Slovakia, could be in Hungary. Could be a way to Lincoln Red Imps. Yes, sport. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not being negative to any country. They're they're champions for a reason. So you have got to be prepared, Roger. I agree. You, you and Andrew obviously have your discussions between the intervals and things like that. You're only one for an hour. The boy Barkis wants to come, Roger. You're a journalist. He wants to come to Celtic. So this is Vasilis Barkis yeah. that he's talking AK about. Athens. Athens um, it's interesting. I was discussing this the other day. That there aren't many Greek players that have ever really made a success in Scottish football. You think Atakis Fisas that came in at Hearts. George Samaras, obviously, at Celtic, albeit he had been at, in Holland and he had been at Man City before coming to, to Celtic. Uh, this boy, Barkas, is a bit different. He was born in Holland. Um, I'm told he speaks very good English. And if you're a goalkeeper, communication is half the battle where you're back for. Um, I think, being saying he wants to come, wouldn't surprise me. Because Celtic will pay him more than AAK Athens will pay him, Andrew. So... Is 10 camps for Greece Again A good age 26 years of age Good age for a goalkeeper There's improvement There in him um, It's going to be The biggest job I think for Nick Hammond In the recruitment department This summer Getting the goalkeeper in um, Fraser Foster I think would have been The first choice um, Maybe a bit of stubbornness On a few sides there Doesn't look at the minute As if it's happening Although Two and a half months Before the end of a transfer window Never say never Joe Hart was offered to the club There's talk of Robin Olsen The Swedish international Who's at Roma just now Having come back from a loan spell elsewhere But I think Barkas looks to be At the head of the queue at the minute If a deal can be done Ian I'm interested in your suggestion About left back Potentially a new left back as well It's one I've seen on social media People talking about Greg Taylor People talking about volleyball and golly yeah. Are neither of those Up to the standard for you? No I, I like Greg Taylor Because he's a local boy not just because I'm figuring out Greg Seguruk, I know the family, but Roger, he wants to get another night against PSG. It was his final ball that let him down. Many times, Roger, they get behind 
I'll give you half a half. I like Greg Taylor as well, and I hope he succeeds because yeah. you, you like to see the young Scottish boys doing well. You know, you like to think, yeah. you know, Mark, Mark Wilson's in here. You know, people remember how well Mark Wilson did as a, a local yeah. Celtic supporting boy playing for Celtic. Half the problem for Greg Taylor is people are still comparing him to Kieran Tierney. Now, yes, Kieran, I am as well. Kieran Tierney is the best left back Celtic have had in generations. So whoever yeah. it was came in. It's always going to be hard for them being judged against Kieran Tierney. It was like the Aberdeen manager who replaced Fergie, or the Man United manager who replaced Fergie. If you're replacing greatness, it makes the job all the more difficult. And I just hope Greg Taylor gets the opportunity to bed in and isn't judged against the greatness of Kieran Tierney. Yeah, he's not quite had the you know the run of games yet to bed himself in, as you say no. there, and and the fact you know Ian's talking about his final product against PSG. We we do need to look at that. It's a, it's a pre-season friendly. It is against PSG. You can take some things, but um, maybe it's just patience that's needed. I think I think the best thing for Greg Taylor would be to come into the Celtic team and play forty games next season, and really bed himself in and see off the challenge of volleyball and goalie because I don't think he's really done that yet. Um, last season we were Johnny Hayes played a few games in there last season as well and there were times where there wasn't a left back it was it was a 3-5-2 so it, it's been difficult for Greg Taylor the lockdown wouldn't have helped anyone either so I would like to see the lad get in playing 40 games and eventually Celtic fans will never forget Kieran Tierney but you know Greg Taylor's performances you would hope for his sake can eventually push Kieran Tierney further towards the back of Celtic supporters minds Final point to you Ian uh, one more point, Andrew, is that okay? Yeah, on you go. Uh, and it's to both of you as well. And we like to see our Scottish boys doing very well because we've got our qualifiers coming up shortly. Well, we don't know if they're going to go ahead because we don't know if Israel are going to get a permit to come in to Scotland. But what I'm going to say, Roger, you've been watching the football, obviously, from home. Now you're back in the studio, which I'm glad you're back. Kieran Tierney, at uh, £25 million, costs nothing for Celtic. That is a steal... Arsenal have won a watch. That boy has been outstanding in the games that he's played since I've come back from the lockdown, Roger. And I'm I'm looking at a probably an eighty million to hundred and twenty million pound left back, one of the best left backs in world football, next to Andrew Robertson. He's he's, cert- he, he's, he's not cert- far behind him. He's certainly been playing very well. The one thing I can't understand, and this is maybe just purely a fitness thing. You remember the fitness issues he had when he first went down to Arsenal last season, and I can't understand this. It drives me daft. This rotation thing You know he played so well Against Manchester City The FA Cup final Last weekend Arsenal then go to Aston Villa in midweek And he's in the bench And he's thrown on For the last quarter of an hour When they're trailing Aston Villa And they haven't had a shot On target um, With Tierney's delivery For the left hand side You're always going to create Stuff for Obama Yang For Lacazette For the rest uh, I would have him in the team I would have him playing football He's the type of lad Who would want to play Every single game He won't thank you For leaving him out The team and Things, things like that just annoy me because he could play and he's playing. He's been arguably Arsenal's best player since lockdown. I know we've gone over it so many times, Roger, but if you've got Kieran Tierney playing consistently for Arsenal at the highest level, you've got Andy Robertson yeah. playing consistently yeah. for Liverpool, it's a great problem to have for Steve Clark yeah. going into these big games, but it's it's going to be a real headache. Well, you, you, you look at the way Arsenal lined up against City last weekend, last Saturday night in the Cup semi-final, and he kind of tucked in on the left of a back three next to David Luiz, and I think it was the laddies, Lamine Lynn Niles was, was the left wing back. So you could almost... Find a way of having Tierney playing as a left-sided defender in the back three, and Andy Robertson as a 
rampaging left wing back if you like it just depends what, what Steve Clark wants to do I, I think when you've got two players of that quality surely you're duty bound to find a system that you can incorporate the two of them into well thank you to Ian in Greenock 01419511025 if you want to get involved we could be speaking to you after the travel 01419511025 this is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Roger Hanna here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard 01419511025 1025 is the number you need That's the number Bill, a Celtic fan in Jordan Hill Has dialed, Bill, what's your point tonight? It's actually a couple of points Andrew um, Before a ball's been kicked for the new season To me the football authorities have shown Themselves up, have set themselves Up for ridicule again The first one is by allowing two Players who have already been uh, Cup tied in the early rounds of the Scottish Cup To take part in the latter stages In the same season when a, a player who took part in early, uh, earlier rounds of the League Cup was not allowed to take part in the latter stages of the same competition after he was transferred. That's number one. We'll, we'll, we'll deal with that one first of all, Bill. It's, uh, I've heard a few people talking about this, Roger. Ian Maxwell was talking about it and saying that basically because there is just so much time, it's extreme circumstances, there is so much time between the quarterfinals and the semi-finals that they felt it wouldn't be fair to let clubs have an overhaul of their squads in the summer and then all of a sudden turn round to games in October and players having players in their squad that aren't allowed to play. I understand the argument, Andrew. Let me tell you, if Johnny Hayes scores the winner in the Scottish Cup semi-final for Aberdeen, Ian Maxwell should leave the country because we will never... Ever hear the end of this Craig Gordon's a different thing Craig Gordon didn't actually play I think the rules were relaxed A few years ago If you're a non-playing substitute In an early round And then you're transferred You can play in the competition For your new team It's only if you actually Take the field that you can So Craig Gordon's ability To play for Hearts In the other semi against Hibs Fair enough Steam on I was very surprised At the change of rule And Johnny Hayes has already scored At Hamden for Aberdeen Against Celtic Scottish Cup final A few years ago um, That didn't count for anything he scores again in a Scottish Cup semi-final and interrupts a potential quadruple treble. Can you imagine the repercussions at Hamden? Bill? Yeah, yeah. Um, the other point I was going to make was with regard to who's actually running uh, Scottish football uh, in terms of the, the policing of it. Um, last year, uh, Simonovic was suspended for two games after being sent off in a pre-season match abroad when he was reported to the SFA. Yet Kent was sent off in France, not reported to the SFA. Well, no action seems to be taken. This is the oddest thing ever. Um, the St Gallen game that Celtic played last summer when Jozo was sent off, um, the, the friendly game was under the auspices of the Swiss FA, as you would expect it to be. So the referee was appointed by the Swiss FA, reports the red card back to the Swiss FA, who reported to the Scottish FA, who suspended Joseph Simunovic for two games and he misses the start of last season. So when Ryan Kent was sent off in the Violia Trophy last week, I just presumed there would be the same disciplinary chain heading back to Hamden, if you like, Bill. However, it turned out the Violia Trophy wasn't under the auspices of the French FA. Um, I'm not quite sure who was running the tournament, I have to say, but nothing to do with the French FA. Therefore... And an anomaly, there was no actual disciplinary chain that could lead back. There was nowhere for 
the referee to report the red card too. If you notice, Ryan Kent wasn't even suspended for the second game of the tournament. So sent off against Leon, but free to play against Nice and free to play in domestic games. So a very, very strange and an odd set of circumstances. Yeah, people like to have a go at the SFA and the disciplinary processes, but... Bill, Scottish FA's hands were really tied in this one because it wasn't reported to them and it couldn't be reported to them. There was nothing they could really do about it. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, the the Scottish football uh, authorities run the football in Scotland, not the football authorities from abroad. So um, I know, we, I know what you mean, Bill, but that, this football was in France. Sorry, this football was in France, so it's not in the jurisdiction of the SFA. Yeah, yeah, but irrespective of that, if you're sent off in a match, whether it's a friendly and abroad, whether it's reported or not reported, there should be a hard and fast rule. You're either suspended or you're not suspended. And you know what's going to happen shouldn't now? Be, shouldn't be, a, shouldn't be two, two standards. You know what's going to happen now? Ryan Kent will score the winning at Petodre a week in Saturday. Well, to me, the, to me the, the, the Scottish football authorities have just set themselves up for ridicule. On those two particular points What do you think of that rule as a whole? I know. I remember last year, Roger When Jozo Simonovic was suspended People couldn't believe the uh, fact that he got a, yeah, a two game uh, ban For uh, a red honestly, card Honestly, I, I, I couldn't care less If people are sent off in pre-season games you know, Whether it's Simonovic last year, Kent this year And I've never thought It's got nothing to do with the SPFL Premiership Simonovic, in my mind Should never have been suspended last year I think the way the Kent situation has been handled is actually the right way to go about it. But I can understand Bill's annoyance because Simunovic was banned at the start of last season, which I thought was ridiculous. So I'm actually quite glad Ryan Kent's free to play. Um, I thought that game was poorly refereed. If you think of the challenge on Ryan Jack five minutes earlier, mm-hmm. um, it's allowed to go and you think, well, that's fair. It's a pre-season game. That's a level of discipline level of refereeing we're going to have and then a silly wee handbags thing with Ryan Ken and he's suddenly sent off but I can understand why Bill has a grievance over it all well thank you to Bill in Jordan Hill 01419511025 if you want to get involved from home another story today that came out Aberdeen have agreed wage cuts with players and staff which will save the club £1 million they've been in talks over cuts averaging around 20% amongst those who earn around uh, more than £30,000 a year and have arrived at what they call a fair and equitable solution Dave Cormack had estimated a £10 million funding gap on the coronavirus because of the coronavirus yeah. pandemic and they say they've now reduced that deficit to 3.8 million after a series of measures yeah and I've got enormous sympathy for any of the Aberdeen employees players staff office staff who have been hit with these wage reductions um, which follow the original wage deferrals um, what I will say is fair play to Dave Cormack he is in the midst of a cash crisis and he's done everything openly honestly transparently um, I'm sure the staff up there don't like it But equally I'm sure they respect that Something has to be done Aberdeen, like all football clubs You know, you think A ball hasn't been kicked in Scotland in anger In four months These clubs have had no income whatsoever In four months um, An awful lot of expenditure £10 million Dave Cormack talks about They're not alone Every club in the land Think of Celtic, think of Rangers Think of the wage bills Those two clubs have way in excess of anything Aberdeen have um, Aberdeen are tackling it In the way, best way Dave Cormack sees fit And I wish them well as they do it Well let's hear from Dave Cormack He was speaking earlier on to Sky Sports Four months ago we came out and, and stated a position Based upon us being back playing in front of um, full crowds Late September And of course um, 
we're now in a position where we know an awful lot more and um, clearly not playing in front of full crowds and perhaps limited crowds for most of the season now you know, has had a, a different effect. So we announced a few weeks ago about a 10 million hole, got that down to 3.8 million now, a million of which has come from staff players, the executive team and, and, and Derek and his uh, management team. And um, I think that across the board, everybody's done their bit here as we've kind of defined, you know, the fans and the corporates, um, investors, we've come together. And what we've done, in, Luke, in the last six weeks is to just really be collaborative about this. I learned a long time ago, it was important to bring people with you where you can. And it's not easy asking people to take cuts. But the two things that were important for us, Luke, were number one, we did not want any redundancies as a result of COVID. That was a goal. Second goal for us um, was really um, around looking after those on on the lower wages. You talked about that earlier, Roger, the fact they've been very transparent, Aberdeen, and yeah. what's going on. There will be other clubs that are, are struggling just the same and, and maybe fans yeah. and, and won't know because clubs aren't being maybe as open as uh, and, Dave Cormack is. And I'm not sure we've seen the worst of it yet. It was interesting in the quote for me and Maxwell at the SFA after their AGM in midweek when he said one of the priorities at the start of lockdown was to make sure we emerged with all 42 senior clubs intact and, and still in the league and still viable businesses. Um, it's been great We've achieved that so far But I think there's still a long way to go For a lot of clubs Premiership starting A week come the weekend Lower leagues not until October um, No guarantee when crowds will get back What size of crowds will be permitted How much money that will bring into the clubs Clubs are going to be hit You know, all players and staff Will be off furlough by that stage it's still very, very difficult financial waters for all the clubs to navigate. And football is a strange business at times, and business is the correct word to use here yeah. because despite the fact that you know there are redundancies going on, there are wage cuts going on, there are still clubs signing players for fees. There's players coming in despite you know it would be reduced wages for a lot of them, but still coming in, and it's a very tricky situation for some clubs at the moment well we, we touched upon his name earlier in the show because of the cup tie issue Johnny McCarthy Johnny Hayes I should say has gone back to Aberdeen but he's gone back to Aberdeen as the only signing of the summer and isn't taking any, any wages so you can't really criticise Aberdeen for taking mm-hmm. him on I think where people where there's a real moral argument is at places like Hibernian where people have taken wage cuts people have taken deferrals people have been in furlough people have lost their jobs and yet Quarter of a million pounds is found to sign a centre forward from Dunfermline. So you then wonder what is the priority of that football club, of that business, as you speak about, and are their priorities correct? Well, thank you for all your calls tonight. Thank you to Roger Hanna in the studio as well. Just one more summer edition of Super Scoreboard to go before we're back to the full two-hour show in the build-up to the next weekend's games. Plenty more to come. I'll be here tomorrow night with Roger Hanna and make sure to... uh, Sorry, I'll be here with Jim Duffy. Roger Hanna is here right now. It'll be Jim Duffy in the studio with me and stick around because Barry Wilkins is up next. (laughs) 